0: Then I saw her face.
1: And I said, hmm, that's an alright face.
0: But what's that all over it?
2: And then I said, am I a believer now?
3: <laughs> uh, and I said, hey. <laughs>
4: what's, what's going on? What's going on? on? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Welcome to the Tales of Podcast. We are playing Delta Green. We're back to playing Delta Green. Well, actually, the last episode was Delta Green. So welcome to the <laughs> Tales of <laughs> po- Podcast. And this is Tales of m our Delta Green actual play. Uh, we're deep into the uh, published scenario, Visid, And I am Fabio, and I'm your handler. And on my
2: right, I am joined by Patsy. Uh, hello and good evening. I will be uh, playing Jonathan Lee Bryars, former uh, retired U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Division, alias Agent Garrett.
1: Wait, I've just noticed. Jonathan Bryars as, like, from Stranger Things?
2: I don't think so. Is that the guy's name?
1: Isn't the older brother Jonathan Bryars?
2: Yeah, he goes by Johnny Lee. So Johnny Lee Bryars is my character's name.
1: I'm not going to be able to imagine him as anything else but the character from Stranger Things That might things cause now. you a
2: problem, but we'll see if we can even that out. <laughs> and next, we got...
3: Uh, uh, hello, I'm Mike, and I play Lucas Beauches, uh, agent of the FBI with an interest in clowns and other killers. Also known as
0: <laughs> Agent Morgan. Agent Morgan. Also known as Agent Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Did not, I didn't know where you were going. yo, I'm Charles, and I am playing Eric Paras. Also known as Agent Michaels, uh, firefighter for the NP. S.
1: And I'm Jen. I'm playing Selena Goodwill. I'm glad I got that right this time. AKA uh, Agent Madeline, uh, expert human behaviorist, amateur animal behaviorist, cat lady to the stars.
5: What did you say before animal behaviorist?
1: <laughs> human behaviorist.
5: Why did I hear Butt Muncher? <laughs> <laughs> did you what say butt, Did you say something that sounded like Butt Muncher? <laughs> <laughs> butt Muncher to the stars. <laughs> I was
3: about to compliment us all on a very nah, clean you, intro. <laughs> I think it's, you hesitated a little bit on amateur. So maybe it oh, was must amateur. Could have been butt muncher. <laughs> yeah. I could see that.
5: Yeah, okay. Fuck
0: you guys.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we haven't delved into our character's sexual pasts, for all we know. And we will
5: not be doing that either. Uh, <laughs> a, it's a serious podcast, guys.
0: Uh, maintaining
2: character. I'm feeling hard-boiled. Yes.
5: Okay, let's get a recap. Last time, Agent Morgan spoke with Mrs. Uli by phone. She found out a few things about, um, or he found out a few few things about her husband that had not been known before, but otherwise she had not seen him since his death, in inverted commas. Uh, Madeline spoke with Dr. Stubbs, the medical examiner, and he seemed very, very interested in what was going on and seemed to suspect something very peculiar was happening. He seemed quite open to... um, I was going to say new experiences, but you might (laughs) take that the wrong way.
1: (laughs) But dropping some very big GM hints there.
5: Uh, Garrett spoke with Miss MacReady and with Paul Alisco, And Michaels tracked the entity, let's call it the entity, from uh, the barn at Alisco's house uh, to find the site of Elwood's death, Elwood's untimely demise. And once they had found where Elwood had been torn apart and consumed, Garrett and Michaels agreed to split up. And I think their plan was for Michaels to head into the woods. And that's what he did. He headed off to join his park ranger buddies and go searching for the plane crash. And Garrett staying in Mill Creek with the other agents to stay hot on the trail. Jan, I have a question for you. Where did Selena keep her book?
1: Oh, the the book that she stole from Yarrett? Yarrett, Yarrow? Yarrow? Yarrow. <sighs> would she have kept it with her? Uh, I think maybe she would because she's left Ryan at home with the cats. Um, I'm guessing that she has some kind of briefcase or mm, some kind of bag with her. Um would she keep it on her person? You
3: don't want a runaway warlock, like, uh, what, nephew?
1: nephew that that, be that actually sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> but she's also now got 14 cats under her roof. It could also end up with cat piss all over it. Oh, or warlock cats. with
3: the warlock cats. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's probably got it with her for now. Okay. I, don't, I, I think it would be difficult for her to keep it on her person, but I reckon, like, when she's staying at a motel she hides it somewhere in the motel room.
4: And
5: the other two agents who are on that operation do not know that you have this book. They do not know. I do not. Excellent.
0: 14. I thought it was seven. Uh, yeah,
1: but then Kevin had seven. Actually, funny you say that about the warlock cat because I, I made the choice of Kevin having seven kittens completely off the cuff and then realized that means Kevin can have a seventh son of a seventh son.
3: <laughs> You're going to breed some whaps. Some what? Some, some warlock ass pussies.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. I mean, in another game, it would be delightful to have a warlock's uh, nephew or cat, but I th- unfortunately, this is Delta Green and we will have to put you down. <laughs> You're clearly a, uh, a vector of occult influence and we can't allow that.
1: Well, as long as you don't uh, succumb to my psychoanalysis before that.
2: Okay, what have you got in uh, psychoanalysis?
1: my human is
5: 60
2: okay my firearms is 85 so good luck with that (laughs) okay let's get started where are we going to go first let's see where did gareth go from there um given that it's getting near to the end of the day i figured i'd meet up with these two and compare notes and explain that we're now a man down and didn't consult them first
5: cool okay do you guys all want to meet in a cafe or a diner or something
1: uh yes i mean we're, we're still in the typical diner across the street from the motel scenario aren't we so
3: you are unless you find somewhere better <laughs> <laughs> we could, why don't we switch it up a little bit
0: it's a three-star restaurant uh
4: we're at
1: a hibachi grill
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh. around by the time you guys are meeting it's going to be like 9 30 so you could go to a bar a, yeah, bar? yeah, yeah, a bar's bar. probably a good place because they've got
2: music. It's hard to... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, call you guys and tell you I'm already at the bar. Um, Paras is gone. I'll explain everything.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bar it is.
2: What's the name of the bar? Uh, it's called...
5: Shit. Um,
1: Where are we? Un-
5: Uncle Frankie's. Uncle Frankie's. I heard that's a good place. Uh, as Agent Morgan arrives, first he's Gareth sitting in a... In a booth or at the.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah in, a, in, uh, a, in a booth drinking a cranberry juice. <laughs> Come on, sit down. Busy day. I,
3: I guess we're going to do that retroactively.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: What did you want to do?
1: We uh, could do what, this uh, as a flashback that he's telling. Yeah, um, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay, yeah, that's
4: cool. And yeah. I'm mm-hmm. telling yeah, you let's this do it as a flashback. <laughs> do do?
5: Earlier that day, it's still was probably late afternoon, early evening by that stage. Agent Morgan arrived at the Swedish Medical Center and asked for Evelyn Wells. You're informed that she's in a coma, or she's not conscious, but you can speak with her doctor. Uh, the doctor he looks quite busy and harried. He's in scrubs. Um, you can see that he has just come from the emergency room he's got some blood splattered on him but as you call out to him he stops and says yes how can i help you
3: dr ferguson uh i hear you you've been looking after a patient by the name of Ma, 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 so evelyn is, wells is evelyn wells that's right yes and you are uh, i'm with the fbi okay yeah what can you tell me about the condition of miss wells i understand she's been put in a medical coma
5: that's right yeah we were forced to put her into uh, to, we were forced to induce a coma um to help her recover from some very severe wounds uh she took a high-powered rifle shot to her left arm and it severed her femoral artery we were lucky to lucky to rescue her lucky to save her life did she say anything before this induced coma she was unconscious the whole time I saw her. Uh, she was brought in with, um, I think, uh, her business partner partner or friend, one of her work colleagues, uh, who was there, came in with her. Um, he went left to speak with the police as we brought her into surgery, though. Did you catch the name? The name of her partner? Uh, what? I think he, he called himself Ted. He kept repeating to her, Ted's here. It's me. It's Ted. Yeah, Ted something. Does that match up with the name that we have? Ted, our, uh, Ted Belton, right? Ted Belton's the
3: name you got, yep. Okay. If if all goes to plan, what's the recovery time on an injury like that?
5: We would hope to be able to bring her out of it in about four to five days if things go well. Unlikely before that, unless it's some kind of mir- miraculous recovery. say three to five days? Three to four days. Three to four.
3: Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um... What about an assailant? She was victim of an attack at a local diner. Did, uh, what happened to the person who attacked her? Uh, was he caught? Did they come in?
5: I don't believe so. Uh, I probably know as much less than you do, uh, which is what I saw in the news. I think she, she shot at the guy and he got away in a car. Got away. Police didn't, didn't manage to apprehend this person? No. Uh, from what I heard, there wasn't a very good uh, description of him or the car. Okay. Do you know if there's a guard at place with Evelyn? There's a there's a police officer down there now. Yeah, they've had a police officer with her at all times, I don't. Usually they hang around for uh, in uh, high risk cases. Uh, so it's not unusual. There's, I believe there's one police officer there now. You mind if I go have a word? No, no, no by all means, go ahead. Uh, is that all you need from me? Yep, thank you for your okay, cooperation. Okay, I got to
3: go. All right, good luck, bye. <laughs> and he runs off. <laughs> okay, I go see the police officer.
5: Yeah, so down the hallway you can see this cop um, standing outside looking at his phone. He's kind of startled as you approach.
0: Uh, excuse
3: me, sir. May, yeah? may I have a quick word? Sure. Who Who are you? I'm with the FBI. I quickly flash my badge. Oh, okay. oh,
5: oh yeah, yeah. How can I help you?
3: How long have you been on guard here?
5: Uh, me, I've been here since... What time is it now? It's coming up on 7... Jesus, I've been here since 2... Ooh, these dogs are barking. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, well, when did our Vic come in? Uh, she has been here since this morning. Uh, I think she was brought in around around one p.m. Okay. Sorry, since the, I should should have said since this afternoon, around one p.m. Okay. Can I get your name and badge number as well, officer? you certainly can and he gives you his name and badge number <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay perfect perfect
3: and uh you're uh you on God duty here until Wednesday he,
5: the... he looks at his watch and until someone turns up and relieves me uh, speaking of, I, I I really gotta go to the toilet could you are you gonna hang around here for a little while
3: I was gonna go check on uh, on Miss wells and see if all is okay do you mind if I go take a piss feel free
5: and I might get a coffee as well
3: get a couple would you you're
5: not going anywhere right no
3: no I'll I'll be here when you get back Cool, cool, just bring bring me a latte
5: (laughs) I'll do my best It's a machine it doesn't look like it knows what lattes are (laughs) the milk is better than the water (laughs) (laughs) and he um, rushes towards the toilet
0: that was a mistake there's no milk it's powdered milk and the water. <laughs> the, the powdered milk has more nutrition. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay,
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I, I'm gonna go in. I'll take a look around, see if there's anyone anyone around.
5: The lights are off in here. Um, there's light coming through the door from the corridor and there's the lights of the life support machine. Evelyn Wells is lying quietly in the bed. Uh, the curtains are drawn. Um, there is one small bouquet of flowers has been left in a vase beside her bed. And she is, as I said, unconscious. Um, and her left side is strapped up. Her arm is completely bandaged. Uh-huh. And it's
3: raised above her.
5: It's on, like, uh, that's, that's
3: like a thing here with the with details of the injury and the, any yeah, surgery there's that's a, been performed there's like a, a
5: clipboard. There's
3: a clipboard at the end of the um, bed with her full report. I would snap a picture of that. I don't know if that's going to be useful or relevant. But yeah. <laughs> in case that's a thing that I would do, I do that.
5: Yeah, you wouldn't understand a whole lot. You do understand some of it, but you wouldn't understand all of it. So yeah, you take a photograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I take a look, a quick look, uh,
3: just just to make sure that, that, that everything lines up with what I already know with regards to our injuries. It does, yes. Okay. Uh, I look out the window. Where are we? Which Are we, like, on ground floor? I, uh, I want to look for, like, possible routes of entry.
5: We are on... We are one floor up from ground level. Um, and this window is looking out into the the car, the parking annex that's off to the west side of the building
3: so if someone came and parked a lorry they could climb up
5: yeah uh, across the car park there's a um there's a multi-story car parking uh, facility on across from like it's it's set separate from the hospital there's a there's a there's a private multi-story parking building uh-huh across from there. Uh, Uh, The windows cannot be opened. Is
3: there a curtain? There is a curtain. I draw the curtains then. Yeah. Uh, But I want to have a quick look at that that parking lot. Can I... I'm wondering if I would have anything. I'm obviously not going to have a full pair of binoculars with me. But, but like,
4: You've
1: got your folded telescopic opera glasses.
4: Yeah,
2: in I don't your know pocket. if I would have anything like that. Huh? <laughs> you could just go across the road X File style and look around the dark and spooky parking garage. With I think I would do that when the cop gets back. Yeah. This is increasing the chance of retroactive bullet holes. I'm into it.
3: Yeah, yeah. But, um. Yeah, I mean, if I'm happy that this place is relatively secure, I've got a good list of like all the possible risks eventually. That car park looks like a good place for a shooter to hit up and finish the job.
5: Well, I mean, there's only one There's one door into the room. The windows cannot be opened. It's at the end of a hallway, which ends on a window looking out uh, rather than ending on a stairwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is only one point. There is only one direction of entry into the room. Seems pretty secure if it's got enough guards. Okay. Yeah, then I'm going to hang around until the cop gets back. He comes back. He gives you a coffee. thanks you for... Covering for him, and uh, he says, uh, "I I just got a call from um, uh, from dispatch, and I've been told to head. They're uh, sending relief for me in the next hour. You heading off before the relief gets here? Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm holding on for it. Just giving you a status update. Okay. Uh,
3: do you know if any of your colleagues have checked that at a parking lot on the other side of the street? There,
5: parking lot." oh oh yeah oh no i oh shit you think there's a think there's a chance of a sniper i think it's possible this is a
3: clearly a targeted attack what with the with the the fire bombing on the at that place the other day sure okay uh i'll i'll call for a patrol car to swing by don't don't you worry you're gonna be here for the next hour yeah let me go take a look you don't okay. leave until i get back okay
5: oh it's no problem for me to just radio a patrol car to meet you there if you need some backup. Nah, don't you worry about it. I'll be all right. I know how to handle myself. All right, fair enough. In the FBI, we walk alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Was that the GM telling me you might want backup or... <laughs> As Agent Morgan is leaving the hospital, walking out the front door towards his car, what's your alertness? 50. You see four pretty... Well-built men in dark suits walking from two black SUVs toward the entrance of the hospital. Yes, I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do?
3: I go back to the police officer. Okay. I say, "We got." You booked it here, presumably to get here well ahead of them. Yeah. If they look suspicious enough, to worry, they look. They look. They look like they mean business. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, who comes up to a hospital? Like, well, visitors hours are just visiting hours are just about over. Do you want to
5: give me a give me a roll on that alertness, actually, to get some more information. That's I, that,
3: how weird. I rolled exactly the same one before you asked me to roll seventy three. I failed.
5: Yeah, you just panic and run towards the police, run to the policeman.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Help me!
5: <laughs> yeah, he's a little he's a little shocked to see you coming back at such a quick pace. Is it getting dark outside? Uh, since September, it's it's getting yeah, it's we're, we're quite far north, so it's pr- it, it's darkish. Uh,
3: I tell him that there was a suspicious group of people just pulled up outside the hospital when they're coming in. I wanted to make sure that I didn't perfectly time leaving <laughs> before. I wanted to make sure he had backup if in case anything goes wrong. Uh, well, shit! What did it? What did they look like? Was it four men? Four men. Have like a sass looking black. They might be FBI as well. To be fair. Uh, so right. you tell him there's four guys on their way here. Yeah, four guys that just came out of like a suspiciously organized crime-looking <laughs> SUV.
5: <laughs> okay, sh- shit. Okay, uh, special agent, can you stay here and guard the room? I'll go and take a look. And as he walks away, you can hear him on his on his on his radio. You calling in possible suspicious activity. Well, I need to see this suspicious activity before I can confirm it's suspicious activity, but I believe you, so yeah, I'm gonna go to think, take a look. You officer Halifax, by the way. Halifax, you watch yourself. All right, you don't
3: let anyone get in there. Don't put yourself in any dangerous situation. You confirm that that's a risk
5: and you get back here, okay? <laughs> I'll prepare a defense just in case. As the police officer begins to rush down the hallway, you see him pull up short as four men, the same four men you saw outside, come around the corner and start walking down the hallway towards you. Officer Halifax puts up a hand, he says, Halt. He's got a, one hand up and one hand on his gun. Uh, identify yourselves, please. The four men stop and one of them steps forward, taking out an ID of some kind. You can't see it from here. And uh, he speaks quietly to the police officer who then radios something which you can't quite make out before he steps aside and points to the room and he walks with them and as he gets up to you he explains these are bodyguards for Miss Wells apparently, Uh, their ID checks out, do you know anything about this? Uh, um, I, I haven't heard anything who hired you? The the guy who had spoken with the police officer answers, and he says, uh, Yeah, we are a private security detail that was being hired by uh, Mr. Belton to uh, provide protection for his uh, business partner, whom he believes to be in further danger. And you are? I'm with the FBI. May I see some ID, please? Is that a legal requirement? (laughs) it's I mean it's not an unusual request (laughs) it's not an unusual request yeah yeah and it might be weird for you to deny it yeah yeah okay Uh, then I show my ID he takes it like he spends a good long time looking at it you can see he's like he's trying to memorize it without writing it down and making a fool of himself and uh yeah he takes a good hard look at it and he says agent Bo Shears nice to meet you uh is there anything about the situa- the security situation here that you could appraise uh, us of? Or uh, should we just get to work?
3: Um... Can I want to... Like, do I... Is there anything off? I, I mean, there is something off. I don't trust Ted Belton. He's a suspect. Like, what? what's... And what? what is the situation here as well? Are they expected us to leave and for them to take over? They haven't asked anyone to leave. Right. Look, I appreciate you guys are just doing your job, but, uh... The situation here is etchy, shall we say? It's a fragile situation. I'm sure you heard of a
5: previous attempt. We are fully—we've been fully briefed on the situation, and uh, let me assure you that we are eminently qualified for I, this I, job.
3: I, I respect that, and respect from one professional to another. I—I—I I, I think it's in the FBI's best interests if you could call your boss and bring him down here so I can have a personal word with him. Just to confirm, corroborate your identification.
5: Agent, that's no problem whatsoever. Perfect. He takes out a phone, uh, hits a speed dial, and says, yeah, Mr. Belton, there's uh, someone from the FBI here at Miss Wells' room. He'd like to speak with you. Yes? Yes? No? Hmm, kinda. Okay, and he hands the phone to you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Belton. Yes, uh, this is the FBI agent uh, I'm speaking to. Is that correct?
3: Yep, Special Agent Lucas Boshiers.
5: Agent Beauches, uh nice to speak with you. Are you investigating the attack?
3: I have caught myself up, yes, on recent occurrences with your your private detective agency and Miss Wells. Yes, I think you'll agree this is that, uh, the situation warrants a light touch just wanted to make sure that these boys here are in fact hired by yourself would it be possible for you to to come at such a late hour I would like to meet you face to face ask a few questions
5: uh yeah well if by light touch you mean all the fucking protection I can get for Evelyn that I can afford well then yeah I agree with you but uh yeah if you've got a light touch in other areas (laughs) i I'm not sure it's time for that anymore I think this uh, there's a real danger here that they're gonna come back and um, frankly that? Well I, I, I don't know that's what I'm trying to figure out um, I've got some suspicions but uh, uh, look I, I,
3: but We shouldn't I'm be not, saying I'm, this over the phone No please. I'm
5: not I'm not comfortable speaking on the phone um, Listen Go and uh, wait out on the street outside the hotel uh, outside of the hospital in eight minutes I'll pick you up.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> would you not agree that the safest place for you and I to talk would be in here with the four very professional-looking bodyguards you just hired for your, your good friend, Miss Wells?
5: Uh, no, I do not agree. Why is that? Because I do not know the nature of the threat that's following her. And I don't know if it's following me. And I, if it is, I don't want to lead it back to her. Uh, I would like to keep mobile. Uh, you'll, under- you'll understand when I share this information with you. Or perhaps I can meet you at the FBI regional office.
3: I'll be here in eight minutes. All right. Eight minutes later. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I talked to I talked to Officer Halifax. I have a quiet word with him. because yeah. Like a quiet sideline. I say, you don't let the you don't let these people out of your sight. You hear? And when the next person gets here, you make sure they know too. And I want you to call your boss and get an extra officer station here. One is not enough.
5: Understood, agent. Uh, I'll do that straight away. And as you're walking away, you can hear him call dispatch and ask for backup. Okay. Then <laughs> go and get into a car with a, with a suspicious stranger.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: While
5: those eight minutes happen, let's see what was going on with Agent Madeline.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's happening with Agent Madeline because... This is, I'm assuming, during the daytime before um, we meet up with Garrett. Yeah. Uh, Selena has been to talk to um, the M.E. Yeah. She wants to get access to that body. I kind of feel like everything for her is riding on getting a look at the body for new clues for her. Um, If she's not going to be able to get in because of red tape, then either she's going to have to break her way in are convinced stubs to let her in okay if she breaks in she's gonna have to wait until nightfall yeah and probably is gonna need help i don't know if she's actually well equipped for that
5: she might need some supplies also Mm-hmm. so that could be what she's doing for the next couple of hours is buying whatever she thinks she might need for would she know what she would need for a break in?
1: um Balaclava, Crowbar. Well, I mean, she already, br- she already broke into Yara's office dressed as a cat burglar, so... True. She, she's got, she's got <laughs> some kind of cat burglar costume on her at all times, apparently, and just unzips her her coat and she's got a cat burglar. Realises
5: she's forgotten the cat burglar yeah. bit, <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: She could be doing that, yeah. She'd also uh, probably wants to buy... I was gonna say she probably wants to buy some medical supplies, but it's the coroner's office. Probably stuff there, but if it's biological hazard, like they're gonna have to take some.
5: You stuff already with got them. this stuff from the CDC.
1: Okay.
0: I got. I got a question for you though. Do, do you? Does your character know how to do? A, what is it like a postmortem? An, an autopsy. Yeah.
1: Probably. I mean, she's a
5: psychiatrist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but but she's
1: in medical training. I mean, yeah. she obviously did medicine.
5: What was, which, what I, medicine does she my, bio,
1: my biology is 60.
3: Oh yeah, okay, cool. Hang Are on. you a field officer or a strictly like
1: psychologist? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a psychologist, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, one of those things, and I teach at Quantico.
5: Yeah, you've got biology, your pharmacy is 50, your first aid is 60, so yeah, you've obviously, you've done at least a residency. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, well, I got my answer.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, So maybe uh, during the day, while, maybe just before these guys, uh, sorry, before Garrett and Michael's depart, um, she calls Garrett. Garrett. Garrett, I think you may be just the man. I am going to need some assistance. Um, How do you feel about a little bit of breaking and entering?
2: Sounds great. Where are we going?
1: We're going to look at some dead bodies.
2: Alright. I'll watch the door, you watch the bodies.
1: I'll do a little more than watch the bodies. (laughs) That sounds so bad. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Um, yes, well, I have some time. Like, probably best to go this evening, but, um, I have time. Do I need to grab you any supplies?
2: I've got everything I need, far as I know. I'll see if I can pick some stuff up at the hardware store on the way back. You meet me at Uncle Frankie's at like nine. Roger that. Since we're together at this point, I probably turn to you and I'm like, what was that about? Oh, uh, Madeline's pursuing her own lines of investigation. Don't let it worry you. Just think about the woods, son. I was so, ho- no, no, I don't, no, this is before. This is in the middle of the day. I was so hoping you were just
0: going to say like, just a little b <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs>
5: He's too much of rep- a professional yeah, when it comes yeah, 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 yeah. to compartmentalization to give uh, yeah, yeah. any hint. Okay, so let's go back to the hospital, mm-hmm. and it's eight minutes later. Okay, can you- I say?
3: Can I add to something? Sorry, when I'm asking, when I'm telling Halifax to, to up the guard, I would also, I would want to push for there to be a cop stationed in that parking lot up there.
5: Yeah, yeah. He, he he's going to send a patrol car there, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll continue to send patrol cars there throughout the night. Cool, cool, cool. Um, out on the street it's quite dark now and it has started to rain just lightly uh, but I believe we spoke already about the type of coat you have <laughs> didn't <Not> we <laughs> we did at length uh, quite a while ago <laughs> uh, so you pull I imagine Bo Shears pulls up the collars on his, pulls up the collar on his long trench coat and a dark grey Mercedes with tinted windows pulls up to the car beside you. Um, You don't see inside the car, but you hear the click as someone opens the passenger side door and it opens slightly. I take a look around and then I get in. Uh, You have just had time to get in and close the door behind you before there's a screech of tires and the car is in motion. The man in the driver's seat is um can i add
3: a detail (laughs) okay so look i got my hands in my pockets there's a gun in my hand in my pocket (laughs) which is like i sit down and it's like pointed at this (laughs) dude.
5: fair enough uh this guy looks this guy doesn't necessarily look like much of a threat to you he looks panicked Mm -hmm. he says uh he he looks at you what he's he's kind of like looking at the road and then looking at you really quickly and says, id can i see your id uh, I show my ID. He just catches a glimpse of it and continues driving. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming to meet me. Uh, what was it again? Special Agent? Uh, Lucas Boschias. Uh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, okay, uh, so here's the thing. Evelyn has been working a surveillance gig for uh, the last few months. I think whatever happened to her, I think what happened to her this morning, uh, I, I, I think it's connected. She hasn't been working on anything else, so I just I can't put anything else together. But I've been looking into the people who hired us, and uh, murky is the word I would use to describe this. It's uh, who who is it? Who who was it that hired you? That's a really good fucking question. So back in two thousand ten, we were hired by an organization called Potential Holdings. Mm-hmm. It was a courier job. It was. I mean, it was a real plum deal, the, the money was crazy and all we had to do was deliver documents, a couple of boxes. One time I think Evelyn provided a, a escort for a, a truck that delivered some kind of equipment to him. Uh, we didn't so really have So I have written
3: the Silverman Law Firm mm-hmm. and then President of Potential Holdings.
1: So Silverman was, the, was on the name of some of the checks um, for the payments for the equipment in the lab. Um, with uh, account payments from the Cayman Islands.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: So, so, uh, look, um, that all seemed to be going fine until about a year ago. Evelyn's contact at Potentia, uh, she knew him only by the name Michael. He asked her to monitor Greaves and his activities. So it went from delivering stuff to Greaves to now she was providing uh, surveillance. That went through last Christmas. She was taking photos, identifying people coming and going from the home. She she was working on a profile on of Greaves and uh, uh, Griffin, and then this out of nowhere. We were we were having a coffee this morning. She was discussing uh, how things were going on the Greaves job. Uh, we were just going, getting up to speed. We were going through some housekeeping for the business, and uh, bang, she gets hit. Blood hits, sprays all over my face. She, uh, I don't know how she did this, but she drew her weapon and she returned fire. And she continued to return fire until she passed out. By that time the car had disappeared, I came out from underneath the table. And uh, yeah, place was a fucking mess. Were you targeted in this attack as well or just your partner? I don't know. I guess so. I I know she was hit once. Uh, I don't know how many shots were fired you're going to have to ask the cops. It was... It was so much fucking chaos, and she was returning fire. I was completely deafened by her return fire. I I really don't know how many shots were fired. But it's got it's it's got to be connected to the firebombing of our office. Oh, I, I should think so.
3: This uh, too much of a coincidence to be a random attack.
5: Yeah. So Some, there's something going on here that we don't understand, and someone's trying to clean up, and I'm afraid they're gonna clean up the whole fucking lot of us in the process
3: well what is it that Miss Wells was observing she must have found something that
5: someone doesn't like well uh, she she didn't have any any certainties when I discussed it with her she uh, she had prepared these dossiers one on Greaves one on Griffin uh, but I've been poring over them I haven't found too much in there um does it DARPA connection DARPA's murky rice or it is on tv i don't know i didn't even realize it was a real thing until i saw greaves used to work there and then me myself i've been since this morning i started pulling all our files on potentia and uh yeah i got a dossier here i can share with you too
3: so so i does anyone remember this i have written down something about the president of potentia did they are they the people that were they also on the checks or where did we get that name from before
5: Potential
3: Holdings. Are they, are they? Is this people like checking in on their own investments, or, or is it a rival company?
2: Is that who he sold his patent to? Maybe. Maybe. I
1: uh, might have been. I've only got written down here. Aaron Silverman was on a name was on a check.
5: Yeah, Silverman's name was on uh, was on uh, a purchase receipt, and also the name Potential Holdings. Was listed as the payee for the delivery of some uh, very expensive equipment. And um, I, I, I wrote down
0: the conversion of
5: the room.
0: Aaron Silverman is also the active president for Potential okay. Holdings. Yeah, I uh. just haven't got those two things linked up.
3: Maybe, this, maybe there you go. Uh, so, potentially checking in on their own investment at this point. Um, and then when everything goes wrong with Greaves and Griffin, they want to cut all the loose ties.
5: So while Belton is, is is telling you this, he's trying to like read bits of the dossier, and then he just like t- tosses them to you in the passenger seat. And he's he's keeping an eye out. He's constantly watching his mirrors. And uh, he says, "So um, I'm going to keep on digging. If if I dig up anything else, I'll I'll let you know." is there any kind of protection that you can provide i've, I've hired some as you know I hired, I hired protection for for evelyn but we've got we've got freelance detectives all over the place who uh, are potential targets too
3: was there anyone else in your agency who had access to these documents or who was
5: on this case no evelyn took care of that completely alone do you think that maybe that means everyone else is safe but they fired bomb the damn office was wells working at the time no, it was it was early morning. Chances
3: are they firebombed, I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but they could have firebombed your office to take care of your documents you had on them. Do you keep your servers on site?
5: Shit, you're right. Yeah. No, no, we we save it all to the cloud. Thank fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 just I'm just running around in circles here. Uh,
3: well, there yeah. is a possibility that you are in danger. And Whoever's running this ship, whoever's trying to silence Wells, they're from the from the same century we're from. They probably know your service ain't on site. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> so, um, look, I can't offer you personal protection. Have you spoken to any of my colleagues at the, at the bureau?
5: No, I've been keeping on the move. I uh, until I know more about this, I don't want to. I don't want to stop. Yeah, take my card. If anything okay. else comes
3: up, you give me a call, okay? In the meantime, I want you to talk to the police. I want you to talk to the my friends at the bureau. Don't share this information with them. I don't know who I can trust just yet.
5: Jesus Christ, you think it's that bad? Could be. Okay. Where where can I drop you off?
3: Uh there's a there's a bar I've heard good things
5: about around the street here. You ever heard of uh Uncle Frankie's? Uncle Frankie's. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that place. Nice place. Uh, I order the wings. And, uh, yeah, he makes small talk, nervous small talk, trying to distract himself from how stressed out he is and drops you off there. It's around about 9.30.
3: So when I get out of the car to go into the bar, the last thing I say to him, firstly, I pull my gun out of my pocket visibly and holster it. (laughs) I say, Mr. Belton, it's been a pleasure, but you never met me, we never spoke.
5: And then I closed the door. <laughs> you can just as the door is closing, you can hear Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves. In his car. Okay, let's cut to the bar. So you walk in and you find Agent Garrett and Agent Madeline waiting for you. At a table. Deep in conversation. Or oh. sitting awkwardly <laughs>
2: in silence. <laughs>
1: during that flashback madeline has turned up and slipped in
2: okay and if you've been waiting with me i've got like google maps up and the like potential point of entry there mm-hmm. you know the car park there that has cover
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: by the way i have thought about something specific that madeline has picked up okay she's picked up a infrared and a uv light
5: okay do you mean infrared like and uv torches or like goggles Bold. or something bulbs bulbs okay
1: uh no way she bought an infrared bulb and a uv like a torch with the uv light
3: i've told you should order
2: the wings you know how much cholesterol's in those you gotta think of yourself in 20 years from now you think you'll be alive in 20 years <laughs> well i didn't think i would be 20 years ago but here i am you taking a seat or what yeah i'll take a seat <laughs>
1: Boom! Bushy has got school.
5: <laughs> you take a seat. Someone comes over, us, takes an order, brings you wings and a drink. Uh, who wants to? Who wants to lead off? Well, what do you got to tell us? I've had a hell of a day, and then we do that scene.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> Are we flash
5: back again. We're <laughs> <laughs> just in an infinite loop.
2: <laughs> now you thought on your feet. Seems like you got some good material for us. Also saves uh-huh. us break it, breaking into Belton's house and uh, getting the same information out of him a little more directly. So uh-huh, nice one.
0: Just eating wings.
1: Selena is not touching anything of the stuff that Garrett has put on the table because her hands are covered in grease. I haven't she's... put all
2: my crowbars and shit on the no, table.
1: No, I thought we were looking at like a, a map. And oh stuff. right, yeah, yeah. So she's just sitting there like licking her fingers and not touching anything because they're greasy.
2: Yeah, Garrett ordered a salad and is disappointed that it's mostly Caesar and not very much salad. (laughs) It's just deep fried chicken. Yeah, they put fucking lardons all over it. Jesus Christ. It's like
5: 4,000 calories (laughs) in a salad. (laughs) I gotta watch my cholesterol.
3: Uh, Yeah, so I spoke to our friend, Ted Belton. Still a suspect, but uh, much less so now than this morning. I got some interesting information. He shared with me the dossiers that uh, Detective Wells put together. Looks to me like Potentia Holdings had a vested interest and wanted to make sure that their investment was, uh, was worthwhile.
2: Well, it seems like they had good reason to be suspicious.
3: Right. And it looks like as soon as Wells reported back that something had gone topsy-turvy, they wanted to clear, uh, clear their name, tie up loose ends. Why don't we uh, take some time to read these? Uh, Selena
1: waits for you to put it in front of her so she doesn't get grease fingerprints all over. Yeah, should
2: we all had tell them. To you, But they're <laughs> already covered in grease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we all take a look at these? Or uh,
1: didn't you say yes. we should re- maybe read one each? Yeah,
2: so. I think
5: it'd be best if you read one each. Mm-hmm. No,
3: I think he's probably like put his leather gloves on to read through these.
5: <laughs> maybe start with the one on Greaves, then on Griffin, and then you can do Potentia. Greaves.
1: I want cu- Griffin. I'm very curious Griffin. about Griffin.
3: Potenture.
5: Thank you. And so you distribute the dossiers among the agents. hmm And who's going to read the Greaves report? I can read.
3: Uh, September 7th, 2017. Evelyn Wells, subject, Tybalt Greaves, Mill Creek, Washington. Investigating Tybalt Greaves through IRS records and other government documents has yielded limited information. Born in Ithaca, New York, Greaves is a retired geneticist. He holds doctorates in molecular biology, genetics, and biochemistry, all earned in Northwestern University when he was in his mid-twenties. Notably, he was recruited by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA for short, in 1894... Nope, in 1985. which marked a significant turning point in his life. Personal transformation. Prior to his recruitment by DARPA, individuals who knew Greaves described him as socially awkward, but outgoing. However, his personality underwent a complete transformation following his recruitment. He became introverted and entirely closed off from his friends and family. DARPA employment. Tybalt Greaves worked for DARPA from 1985 to 2001, with his listed location of operation being Mount Weather, Virginia. Mount Weather is renowned as a continuity of government site with extensive FEMA facilities and research laboratories. Notably, details of his employment and his home address during this period have been erased from all government records. Post DARPA Activities In 2001, Greaves resigned from DARPA and relocated to the outskirts of Seattle. He filed a patent for a fast and cost effective blood type casting process called anti ABD and subsequently entered into lucrative licensing agreements with several prominent biomedical firms. This patent generated approximately 10 million US dollars in revenue over five years, and he eventually sold it to Merck in 2005 for a lump sum payment of 18.8 million US dollars. Tibot invested his own money wisely and managed his finances meticulously. At the time of his death, we had a net worth of nearly 21 million US dollars with no outstanding debts. Remarkably, he consistently prepared his taxes, which were found to be honest and up-to-date. Relationships and lifestyle. Following his departure from DARPA, Greaves appeared to have limited involvement in activities beyond managing his substantial wealth and engaging in relationships with sex workers. In particular, he formed a long-term relationship with Amanda Griffin, a dancer at Rose's Gentleman's Club, which began around 2010. Griffin is now his exclusive girlfriend and lives in his residence. End of report.
1: Quick question. Can you just repeat that bit about the... Did it say an, anti-ABD or anti-ARD?
3: Anti-ABD.
1: Ah, oh, okay. I thought I'd a connection there.
5: Uh, given your knowledge of biology and pharmacy. This kind of stands out to you because a process of this type, the discovery of that process and the the codifying of that process seems like something more likely to happen in perhaps a a university lab or in a corporate lab, but somewhere where there's like a large team with a lot of resources working on it, Mm. rather than some guy working out of his kitchen
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
5: you know no matter how much of a, uh, a res- well respected geneticist he was it, it seems unusual that he would have been able to do this himself mm. this whole time I was convinced that Amanda
0: Griffin was some sort of super agent So you know? me too
1: that's why, she I was like, might be. that's why I'm like I want to read Griffin's report. Ah,
5: I'm curious, all right, but... all right. then I'll hold I'll hold mm. my breath hmm
1: do
5: you want to go ahead and re- read Griffin's sure. report? sure
1: mm-hmm. Background information This follow-up report pertains to Amanda Griffin, born in Olympia, Washington in 1990. Amanda is Tybalt Greaves' long-term partner and her background provides additional insight into the dynamics of their relationship. Amanda Griffin was well-liked and popular during her time in high school in Olympia. However, she abruptly left her hometown in 2007 and it was discovered that she began working as a dancer at a gentleman's club a year later. This fact became widely known amongst her former acquaintances in Olympia. Amanda Griffin's mother, Ophelia Tunney, divorced Amanda's father in 2006 and entered into a relationship with Emil Artenza, a trucker with a history of sexual assault, who had served time in an Alabama prison for attempted rape in 1982. Artenza continues to reside with Tunney in the house where Griffin grew up. Griffin fled her home due to abuse by her mother's boyfriend. Griffin established a positive reputation as a diligent and friendly worker with numerous repeat customers. She left her job in 2009, when she met Dr. Tibalt Greaves, an older man of substantial wealth, who sought to provide her with a new life. Relationship with Tibot Greaves. Amanda reportedly cares for Greaves, though it's likely motivated more by financial benefits than genuine love. Greaves lavishes her with extravagant gifts, inclu- including annual car replacements, extensive shopping sprees and high-end handbags. However, her mother believes Greaves insists on maintaining the illusion of financial struggle to the outside world, instructing Amanda not to draw attention to their wealth. Neighbours believe the couple to be in substantial debt and unaware of Greaves true financial status. Return to Olympia A brief interview with Emil Artenza, Ophelia Tony's boyfriend, revealed Amanda visited her hometown of Olympia on two occasions with Greaves accompanying her on the second visit. This meeting did not go well, as Artenza made derogatory comments about Greaves and their relationship. Greaves responded with a veiled threat, suggesting that he had connections who could carry out harm to Artenza, specifically mentioning a, quote, bilateral orchiectomy, parentheses, removal of both testicles. Additional relationships. Amanda Griffin maintains relationships with other boyfriends while involved with Greaves. Greaves is aware of these relationships but does not appear to be concerned. End of report.
2: Okay, potential Holdings, um, yeah, it is a company registered with a single address, a post office box in Washington DC, uh, and it has only a single, uh, employee, well, it's a one-person operation, uh, but it made an impressive $300 million in income for the previous year. The one guy uh, is Robert Justin Ortega, PhD, who is an engineer. Uh, he owns and operates Ansile Incorporated, a Department of Defense contractor specializing in the production of titanite-weave body armor. This is next-generation armor, believed to be twice as strong as Kevlar, will be half the weight. Uh, Potentia's post office box in Washington is funded through payments made by the law firm Marcus Silverman & Green. Uh, all communication from Potentia Holdings to Dino, Belton, and Wells originates from the private line of Aaron Silverman, a lawyer at Marcus Silverman and Green. Uh, about Ortega, Robert Justin Ortega is a very successful and accomplished individual in the, uh, defense industry. Uh, he made remarkable strides in the industry, he had innovations in chemistry and developed titanite weave. And, yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, the company he runs, separate from Potential Holdings, Ansile has 241 individuals and has secured several classified government contracts. Uh, he himself is widely regarded as an engineering prodigy and often portrayed as a genius, not only in science, but assembling a top-notch team at Ansel. However, a former professor at Manhattan College expressed incredulity at Ortego's portrayal as a genius, stating that he was a mediocre student at best. So yeah, Potential Holdings is this guy.
1: That's, so, so That, that sounds like basically two two people who seem to have achieved great stuff, but on their own in an incredible capacity.
0: Um, yeah. So I, obviously, I got that wrong. I, I, I was under the illusion that uh, potential holdings uh, Aaron Silverman was the acting president. But if it's a one man team thing, then
2: yeah. Apparently, he, wrong. they work closely with Silverman. Yeah. Like they do communications through him. He funds their yeah. like. Uh, post office box, so this is like they're, they're representing the same interests, whatever those happen to be.
5: And the company name um, Ansel or and you recognise as the name for the uh, Mars's shield. Mars, the god of war, his
2: shield. Oh. Well, hence the body armour connection, yeah. I suppose. Discuss. Alright, what do we think about any of that?
1: Well, it's definitely... Suspicious, as I say, that we have this Robert Justin Ortega, who has developed such a remarkable thing, even though claim, uh, been even though reportedly a mediocre, a mediocre student, and we have Greaves, who has achieved a remarkable scientific breakthrough, breakthrough basically in his gar- in his garage.
2: Hmm. So would we consider it likely that these two uh, sort of lone geniuses are just sort of the tip of the spear like some larger force is funneling money and like intelligence and research to them because they're more deniable? Yeah, or... they could just be four guys. Hmm. But yeah, like someone, yeah, paid to have a whole bunch of high-end equipment in this guy's secret science basement. And that came through Silverman at Potentia Holdings who... Yeah, because it doesn't say like like, Holding suggests it's like a financial concern more than anything else, right? So it's not clear where their money is coming from because they made 300 million in income the previous year.
1: Well, we do have evidence that some of the money that was paid to Greaves um, came from an account in Cayman Islands.
2: Hmm. Uh,
0: so I'm not there. You're uh, there in spirit.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, Hey, if you're still driving, we could just put you on speakerphone. Well,
0: it's at a bar, you know. Fair, but um, if it so- if if these guys aren't actually responsible for whatever findings that they have, who would want to keep such findings hidden?
2: Well, the thing is, Potentia Holdings was paying private detectives to look at Greaves, so he's clearly, even though they were sponsoring his research, he's gone off reservation at some point, and presumably, what he was doing resulted in his own death and the release of this entity or entities. So...
1: Mm. Hmm. They don't... Now that this has... mm, I was going to say that they don't want it to be traced back to them, but Potentia has been tracking Greaves already for the past year. The firebombing happened before or after the death of Greaves? After. Oh.
2: Yeah, I mean, presumably everything that... I'm just going to say probably Potentia and Silverman have been doing to take Wells off the board has been to stop, for example, us getting a look at what, uh, what Morgan was able to get for us, right? So clearly someone thinks this information is worth a certain amount of arson and murder. Garrett still has connections in the DOD, right? Sure. Like he's retiring this year, but yeah, he knows guys. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of mentions of Department of Defense things you might want to look into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ancelat is a contractor.
5: Should look into that. He, uh, he would still have the, the the connections that
2: he could do this with. Like he hasn't lost them. He's,
4: I just want oh, to yeah, establish
2: it. I mean, it's probably the main connections he does have. Yeah, like he knows his sister and a bunch of army guys because <laughs> he used to work with them. Well, this is smelling more and more like a government conspiracy. <laughs> yeah Damn, I thought thought we were the only government conspiracy.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, secret department. Okay. Hmm. Do you want to make a call? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll. Uh, I guess I wouldn't use the payphone. I would just use my actual mobile phone because it's. T- uh, it's current <laughs> year. Um, this is smelling like a government conspiracy.
3: Let's call the government. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no. Every every government group has got at least one old boys club.
2: Uh. Yeah, sorry guys, i just got to go drain the weasel a second and I step away from the table. Okay. Then, dub, then double back uh, as I go towards the toilet and go out the door.
1: Drain the yeah. weasel when you could have gone with, like, drain the anaconda or Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Tell me who you're going to be calling. Let me see. Who would be good to know? Because um, USAC ID would be... Um, I've probably have investigated a bunch of special forces guys because they're always stealing stuff and dealing drugs, so not them. Hmm.
5: Okay, you've I, you've I, probably my,
2: got some friends who like an army requisition maybe yeah Yeah. Uh, in terms of someone who would know about Um, so yeah uh, I will phone uh, second lieutenant Felicia Gray uh, who works in army requisition and I'll see if I can bother her this time of day she's probably down in Kentucky where it's maybe oh it's earlier so it is earlier nice Felicia Uh, Gray Gray this is Gray Hey, hey, Felicia, sorry to bother you. Uh, just wondered if we could have a quick chat about something, I'm, um, uh...
5: Briars! I haven't talked to you in months.
2: Hey, yeah, well, you know, you know, uh, retirement's coming up. I've got to sort of see my little nest egg. I'm, uh, looking to maybe get and go private, you know? man of my experience, but,
5: uh... Oh, so you're here, you're, 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 lo- you're stealing headed paper and,
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know how it All is. All
5: the pencils, yeah, i alcohol, make <laughs> sure they're held down.
2: Pension? What pension? Might as well pawn my medals. Anyway, uh, le- I'm, I'm uh, testing a few, uh, testing the waters with a few potential uh, employers. What do you know about Ancile uh, Incorporated? You ever work with them?
5: Ancile, Ancile? Huh.
2: How do you spell it? Uh oh. Uh, a n c i l e. You might know them as Ansile? <laughs> Here we go.
5: Ansel, yeah. Oh,
2: the Titanite weave guys, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we've been testing out their body armor. By the looks of it, is
2: as good as they say. You can it
5: tapping all things. Yeah, I mean, whoop. Yeah, it's it's testing through the roof. Yeah, it looks like they're gonna get a pretty big contract.
2: Yeah, you reckon this uh, this Ortega guy would uh, be uh, be good to sort of to take uh, an old guy like me out to pasture?
5: Oh maybe I, I haven't met him um, I heard some people talking about him uh, he sounds like a bit of a well he sounds like a bit of a rich kid jerk but uh, that's to be expected I guess
2: Ain't better than a poor kid jerk
5: that's true that's true anything else I can help you with
2: let me see shit is there anything else you can help me with um, guys thoughts you could ask about Greaves and DARPA okay I can link that in I somehow. mean you'd have
5: to you're either going to have to give her a good reason while you're looking for it or you
2: can just ask and give us a roll.
1: I could also ask them about Marcus Sutherland and Green.
2: Hmm. Let me see. Uh, I could just try and persuade her, I suppose. Like, um... And l- listen, while, while, while I got you here, reasons of my own, um... Named Tybalt Greaves mean anything to you? Greaves? No. No, no. I just keep, keep hearing in my researches, um... I think, uh, you know, I was following a line from, uh, from Ancelet, and I just keep hearing this, uh, his name, Aaron Silverman and Potentia, I just really want to know who the money guys are, who's holding the bag.
5: Hmm. No idea. I mean, it's, it's probably in the system somewhere, but, uh.
2: Listen, I'll owe you, but would you mind?
5: Mind what, sharing? Why don't, why don't you call me back on my own number? Of Course. Uh, give me an hour.
2: Will do. Yeah, I got a job to do later, but I'll, I'll find, find a minute for you.
5: Okay, call me back. Uh, good to hear from you.
2: Uh, don't be a stranger, Felicia. Beep. Beep. I march ostentatiously uh, back towards the toilet and then pretend to have been coming from and say, Oh, that's better. Anyway, <laughs> where were we, guys? The <laughs> old oh, prostate. <laughs> <laughs> I re- my watch beeps what and I take you my doing angina medicine. In there? Listen, you, you get to my age, you've got to put some time aside for that kind of thing. You'll understand one day. Actually, what age is your character? you both are like a bunch younger than me? Because um, I call Paras Kid because I imagine him as younger, but... He is.
1: Even like, I just imagine that even if he's like not actually younger, that he looks a bit younger and because he's not an agent, they just kind yeah, of yeah. talk to him like that. Um, I'm 35.
3: Okay. I was 39 in the last mission. I don't know if it's past... Mario Day yet, but if it is, I'm 40.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't call either of you kid.
0: But yeah, if I remember right, Paraz is in his
5: late 20s. Yeah. Okay, did you want to discuss anything about those dossiers?
2: Yeah, how does this affect our plan of action? Because we've still got some fact-finding to do. And...
3: Uh, I was waiting for, I don't know how long it's been since, because it's been a while since we played, I was waiting on the evidence to clear through the FBI database to keep an eye, because I want to know what they know. Um, About the fire and stuff? Yeah, yeah, because they were collecting evidence from the crime scene there.
5: Cool. Yeah, you've been, let's say you've been monitoring this, uh, the, the reports on this and you keep checking back to them. There's really nothing new to report that you're not already aware of. Yeah, but I, I want to know what they know. Uh, they know that a military-grade explosive was used in the in the bombing of um, the strip mall. You don't you don't see any connections. While well, you see that the FBI is connecting the firebombing and the shooting of Wells, you don't see that they're connecting it to the case that you're working on.
2: That's good. All right, what's next? Uh, Yeah, I mean, while we're in the business of researching anything, I did uh, tell Paras that I would keep an eye on the situation here in terms of any mysterious eatings that are happening off uh, east of the city. Is there a straightforward way I can do that? Can I, like, use my band radio in my car to, like, tune into a police frequency or, like, I don't know, get get, a web alert or something? You check the internet. I I will check the... Well, this time I need to go for an actual long bathroom break because, you know, uh, it's a side effect of my medicine. So while I'm doing that, I'm going to go look look up some stuff on my phone. Uh, for which which area are you looking at now? Uh, let me see. Mm, I mean, not out of state by this point, I guess. So in sort of eastern Washington, uh, like the direction I was uh, looking out for with Paras. Right, okay.
5: No, there's there are no I mean you you search local news sites uh, radio station websites um, you check you know stuff tagged for that location on social media Mm -hmm. and nothing's jumping out at you seems like things are quiet so far but I would encourage you to try that again
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, like I say, I want to be doing that periodically. Um, you know what, I'll, I'll text Paras, uh, say, all, all quiet here, uh, where our investigations are proceeding. Hope you're staying awake. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, good luck, Paras, we're counting on you, etc. You just checked around this area, right? Uh, yeah, around, like, the area. Of, yeah, cool. Like, Got it. The area okay. of countryside. All right, I'll probably have another look at that in the morning, but yeah, I will make make a note. Um, yeah, just, I mean, while we're at the bar, are you... How do we feel about Paras being by himself? Is there anything we could do for him? Oh, yeah. Are we sorry, are we sorry to... Paras just, isn't here. Uh, yeah, I would have explained. Uh, yeah, he got on the scent. He's, uh, you know, had to had to cut the boy loose. Um,
1: well, I... Uh, it's about time, someone went to check out that plane crash, and it's... At least he uh, he's in his natural habitat. Um... Is he is he going there alone?
2: He said he had backup other, other forest types. Oh dear. You reckon the kid's up to the task? Should I be worried?
1: Oh dear. Well nothing else to be done about it now.
2: Well, I did offer to go with him, but boy's a free spirit, what can I say?
1: Uh yes, we learned that last time, huh, Bo Shears?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Free spirit.
1: Yes, that's what I'd call it.
2: Free trigger finger. <laughs> Well, if all we can do is focus on what's right in front of us, maybe we'll see him again sometime.
1: Do we at least have contact with him?
2: I hold up my phone. Do you want to send him a selfie or something?
1: No, it's just as we get more information about the case, it would be good if we'd be able to contact him in the wilderness.
2: That's a good point. If, Like, if you're way out in the woods, calling you on the phone might be a problem. You're probably going to lose contact with him, yeah. Fair enough.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, before we sent him to the woods, I wanted to make sure we had a way of being in contact with
5: Too late now. Too yeah. late now. Free spirit. Shall I close off the scene then? Yeah, let's go steal that body. Mm. I mean, oh, I, you I've... did not discuss in any way the break-in?
1: Not yet, no. I mean, I, I I, feel that there's something here that needs to be found, and I have not found it. Um, I, I'm i probably going to have to have to go away and think about it.
2: Yeah. Steal the corpse first, then we can think about uh, that. I'll put those on the evidence board so you
1: mm-hmm. can... Are we stealing the corpse?
5: Well, I mean, let's, no. let's discuss the whole concept. <laughs> Um, in character before we yes. run anywhere.
1: So here's the here's the deal. Kane has wrapped up the jurisdiction for viewing the body so that nobody can get in, but that also means that I can't get in. I feel like our best bet to get in there quickly is by force. Uh, so my intention is to break in, examine, photograph, and if possible... Um, Exhume the body. No, that's to take it out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, To uh, potentially autopsy and test my theory about uh, exposure to daylight and photosensitivity.
2: So ideally we'd need an hour or two?
1: I think I could maybe manage an hour. We're not taking out all of the organs, if they remain, I suppose. So yes, an hour or two.
2: That's doable. And this is Griffin's body because it didn't dissolve as far as we know. Yes. Right,
4: okay.
1: And there was the, the remaining hand and foot of uh, Greaves was on the plane, right? Yes. Or was that in the... Hmm.
4: Uh,
5: no, I think we said the medical examiner had that, that okay. on nice as well.
1: Okay.
2: Okay, I don't foresee too many problems. It's a secure location, but not hardened at isn't Fort Knox.
3: Wait, wait, who, who's going to Who's gonna do this break-in with you? Because three's a crowd.
1: Uh, whoever feels they are the most up to the task.
2: Need the dock on hand? I volunteered. I guess keep me on standby. Let me know if there's any trouble. Yeah, I wish I could say get some sleep, but that's going to have to wait for all of us.
1: What, we... Because we, we need to cuddle-puddle together to go to sleep?
2: No, because we need to <laughs> rob a morgue. <laughs> 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 and we need Beauches two streets away in a car in case anything dangerous happens.
1: Ah, uh, okay, so yes, Beauches, get away. As in, please drive the getaway. <laughs> Not Just fuck get up. the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you too. Okay.
5: All right. So you are going to break into the Snohomish... Snowhomish, is that how it's pronounced. Snowhomish into the Snowhomish medical center.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, what time are you doing this at? Let me see. I want to have it under observation for an hour or two before we make any moves. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can, can be in there by midnight, I'd want to be posted up by half past 10 or 11. Cool. Why don't you give me a stealth roll and an, and
5: an alertness roll? Oh, we'll let okay. that ride for the whole scene. Jan, All you right. can do the same.
2: Yeah, stealth, not, oh, my, not, not particularly my thing, this. but listen, uh, who dares wins. Yes. Oh, that is 28 for stealth, which is a miss. Unfortunately, I've got only 20.
1: That is a 90 tooth for stealth, which is a pig miss.
2: Okay, and alertness is a hundred. <laughs>
1: alertness is 88.
2: <laughs> We're doing great. We're bonding.
1: <laughs> why do I keep getting the critical fails?
2: It was a crit fail.
1: It's an 88. This was the only thing I wanted to do. Really we on alertness this or stealth? Alertness. This is the only thing I wanted to do this episode. So
2: three fails and a crit <laughs> fail. Great start. No, we're failing forward. Listen, we're getting that corpse, regardless of how many bodies we have to pile oh, up and doors gonna, we have to kick down. we just
1: going to have to transport the corpse somewhere else and put it in, like, a dark room.
2: Yeah, we know a place. This is going to be the episode where you become... In fact, there's uh, there's a green box outside of town, so... You become, yeah, super... You're going to kill a bunch of people. That'd be uh, fun.
5: Okay, so it's... You, you drive down the street that the uh, medical centre is on, and... Um, As you're turning the corner in your car, you can see that there is a uh, Snohomish County Police Department patrol car parked outside. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't see anything else. Do you drive by casually or do you stop further away?
2: I think I would, hmm, what do I say there? And this is before I've been able to like observe. Essentially, as I approach, I see that these guys are there. Yeah, this is this is your initial observation, like a, a, just a cursory observation. I think I park further away if I can, and maybe proceed on foot. Right. Okay. Cool. Got it. And you're with him, or are you staying behind?
1: I think that I got out of the car further away, and I've tried to like approach, like I don't know, from the back of the building or something maybe waiting for you.
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, I think I would probably advise us to stick together.
1: Okay, then uh, let's do that. You're, you're the one who has the plan for breaking in, I'm the one who has the plan for examining the body, so I would follow your instructions.
2: Okay, since we can... The front is observed, I would, I guess, try and, like, think if I can, like, climb through a bunch of bushes to get to the rear of the building, uh, potentially, like, boost Elena you know, over a wall. And then I'd be interested in, like, checking out the windows, back doors, stuff like that, see if there's any, like, on-site security.
1: This music does sound like good sneaky music.
2: Mm. Didn't work on us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if necessary, someone might have to cause a distraction to get the patrol car out of here.
1: But Bush ears is driving us, right?
2: I, I assumed we were we were carred up separately, because, mm. like, I would have rented another car. Ah, fair. Uh so yeah if necessary how do you feel about some Grand Theft Auto are any of us good at driving I've got
3: 70 in drive
2: really yeah okay if I if I send you the code word you might need to do something foolish
3: <laughs> they based baby driver on both
5: <laughs> okay this is what you see Ooh. in your uh.
2: surveillance you would have failed alertness mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't see all the pit traps and guard dogs.
5: You, I mean, you, t- you, you've taken your time, right? Yeah. How, how long? You, you've spent like at least a couple of hours at this. Yeah, sure. So yeah, you weren't up against it necessarily. There's a patrol car out on the on the street. hmm Uh, then there's a car park to the front and the side. Uh, you can see security cameras. You've spotted three of them, and you think mm. this area. Th- you, you're guessing that's the area that they're covering. Right. This is a uh, office building here, and the windows are all dark. Right. The back of the place is a chain link fence. It's about nine feet high. There are dumpsters over here. There's a rear
2: entrance. There's a fire escape, and there is a front entrance. All oh, right, and that's a door in the back. That is a door in the back. Yes. And the other side is that like an ambulance entrance, or yes, it is. All right. I think with the bolt cutters I have, our smartest way is to get around the back, uh, get cut away a uh, corner of the fence so we can push it aside. That should be fairly quick and fairly quiet. Uh, is there an obvious alarm system in place? Uh, well, you assume that there is an alarm system if there's security cameras. Fair, fair. Um, so I'm gonna have to try and. Like, I'm not the sort of guy who could disable that, so we might just need to go quick and hope we can either pass it off as a false alarm or arrange our distraction, which would help cover that.
1: Cover story, cover story, cover story.
2: Cause yeah, like, if the doors and windows are likely to be alarmed, that could be game over very quickly. But with a distraction, we might be able to get in there and disable it quickly enough that it wouldn't automatically, like, uh, call a dispatch car. So, okay, Bush is you ready to be distracting? We need you to baby driver past the patrol car out front so they maybe don't notice I'm potentially setting the alarm off. (laughs) Okay, fucking sweet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I
3: peel off and I guess I'll just blatantly speed past the cops. Fair enough.
5: Uh, Do you do anything while you drive by them? Yeah, what music are you listening to? Uh, Something. Maybe throw a milkshake at their windscreen
2: pigs! <laughs> it's
1: like the police.
3: Do I? Oh, but this, this
2: is... Thought I, thought I was just picking you up. This is my car. <laughs> well, they better not catch you then. It's motivating. They'll get the, they'll get the plates. Um, I taped a garbage bag over them first. It's fine. It's not my, not my first time sending one of my colleagues to get arrested for me. Well, let's swap cars. Very well. I have your What did you rent? Uh, It's a... Hang on, shit, what is it? It's a... It's a Fiat Panda. It's a (laughs) Nissan Almira. It's a four-door family car. Okay.
5: Let's go. Okay, so you're taking the rental car with the license plates covered and you're screeching by. Give me a driving test. Stupid. Get fucked up. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's a ten. Ten, excellent. Okay, Uh, so you're around back of the... Medical center. When you hear the sound of uh, what must be Boshears gunning the engine and screaming down the road. I'm playing the um, the the
3: the offspring that one song from Crazy Taxi. <laughs>
5: <Right>. <laughs> the police officer does not get the reference. <laughs> Godspeed, Morgan. <laughs> but he does uh, slap on the siren and you hear the cop car peel away. Fuck yeah. All right, that, that's that's our window. I start clipping. Okay, so you clip the fence. You make your way through.
1: Morg is probably uh, first floor on in the basement. So mm-hmm.
5: you
2: you were in the building, so you know where mm-hmm. it is, and you know that it's on the first, uh, it's
5: on the ground floor.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah, I like ask you that as we're sort of crouch walking towards the building. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this one. Uh, okay, and then I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> You've stepped on a cat.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Key, no. <laughs> Wait, you, you said
1: that there's these uh, Amazon store and the regular door, but is there any windows?
2: That's a good point, I was heading for a window I assumed there were windows <laughs> uh, I would not assume that there are windows on the first floor, no Alright, back door it is Yeah. Uh, right, I am going to take uh, my little roll of lockpicks that I ordered off the Amazon out of my pocket and I'm going to see if I can make something Shoot happen the with those. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's plan C Thank you very much Okay, give me a roll. Uh, that is thirty-seven, which is a success. I had forty-three.
5: Garrett inserts the lockpick into the lock and begins his work. As uh, Asia Madeline stands nervously behind him, it sounds like it's so loud <laughs> when, obviously, it must be barely audible. Eventually, finally, the lock clicks. Garrett tries the door handle. And the door gently opens. Move, move, move.
2: Uh, torches on, I guess. We don't want to turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. The door finally opened. The two agents glance nervously over their
5: shoulders one more time, confirming they are alone before they step into the darkness and make their way to the morgue.
1: listening folks if you enjoyed this please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice it'll help spread the word and help others to find us too if you have any comments questions or just want to get in touch with us you can you can find us on instagram with at tales underscore of underscore podcast we'd love to hear from you this week's tales of podcast crew is mike as lucas bush ears Charles, as Eric Paras. Myself, Jan, as Selena Goodwill and audio producer. Special guest Patsy as Agent Garrett. And Fabio as our handler, as well as editor and co-producer. All music and sound effects used with permission and may have been edited or modified for use. Details and links can be found in the show notes. (laughs) See you next episode! Alrighty, how's that in everyone's headphones? Sounds yeah, great. F- it's right. fucking
4: beautiful.